0: Welcome to the Fellowship Regional Church Podcast. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last week, we talked about, we started off talking about the Song of Solomon, and we learned just a few things. I'll give you just a quick review, Just just a quick review. In the beginning of chapter one, this woman, she talks about how she is not pretty, how She is worn out, how her skin is dark because she's been out in the sun working like a man. And there's a king nearby who seems to be disguised as a shepherd. And he's looking at her and he thinks she's beautiful, but she thinks she's ugly. Now, ladies, you can confirm this for us men. When a woman talks about her body, she's talking about the insecurities in her mind, correct? As we begin to talk about our bodies, we're talking about our insecurities. We are not talking about our bodies because we're talking about our bodies. We're talking about what is on our mind. At the same time, what you see later on, Solomon steps into the picture. He begins to compliment this woman over and over and over and tell her she's beautiful. She's wonderful. He lavishes her with gifts. And then by the end of the chapter, we hear her say, I am the rose of Sharon. I am the lily of the valley. And the application that we put in our life, husbands, is this, that we are not a punk with a pickup line, remember? We are men who are trying to rebuild a woman who the world has kicked in the teeth. That is our responsibility, to communicate our love to them in a way that it changes the way they see themselves. When a woman begins to talk about the things that are on her mind and in her heart that's overflowing with love, then she's talking with her body, correct? Married people, don't look at me like prudes, get there, come on, right, get there. Then we're talking about the body. When she begins to talk about the things on her mind, the reaction is in the body, and she begins to talk about what he means to her. So what we talked about is the men, our words become a mirror for how the women, how the wives, the girls, the daughters in our life see themselves. When we use positive words in their life over and over, it's holding up a mirror and showing them that they are beautiful in spite of what the world may say, what their conscience may say, what television may say, what the, what the magazine rack says, that they are beautiful. We moved on to chapter two. By the way, if you wanna go back and you wanna to listen to sermon one, it is on, if you use iTunes, um, if you have an iPhone, you can go to the podcast app and search Fellowship Regional Church. You can also go to iTunes. Uh, check that out. We do post it on our Facebook page so that you can link up to it. If you, um, so, chapter 2. Solomon and this girl, the Shulamite, they're engaged in this conversation. Let's go there real quick. Song Solomon, chapter 2. She just finishes the phrase, I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, and he replies, you are a lily among thorns. Now listen, I need you to do this for me just for a quick second. Take the word lily, it's attached to her, who she is. She keeps saying she is a lily. Solomon says, she is a lily. Later on, lilies is gonna come up again, and that's gonna be kind of a little important thing, all right? It's not gonna sound like much. Then you're gonna go, oh, I will warn you, a lot of this material is erotic, okay? A lot of this material um, can can put your mind in a place. This is why I keep suggesting week after week, husbands, wives, sit down together, lie in bed together, and read through the Song of Solomon. All right? Do not report to me anything after that, but sit down together, read it together. Like, read it together. That's that's positive, positive stuff, okay? So, chapter 2, verse 3, she is talking, the Shulamite, and she says, Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my lover among young men. I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. There's a few things we need to pull out of here. Do you know what creates shade? Yes. She's talking about trees. Well, that's important. Do you know what a tree has that people do not have? You've never seen a tree walking down the road, have you? No, of course not. Why? Because it has roots, and they're in the ground, suggesting that it is solid. Just a side note, men, if we are so flighty that they have to chase us to stay in the shade, you with me, that they're trying to rest, find a nice cool place to lay down and rest beneath our protection yet we are not providing it we are wrong that is not a picture of what christ has done for us we are to be the shade this is not this is not some uh piece of dogmatic ancient uh irrelevant piece of literature to where we go oh so The man provides the shade and the woman just sits underneath it. No, listen close. The hope is that women will find rest and comfort in their man. But if it's a constant nagging of get out of the garage, stop going golfing, come back, spend time with your family. Well, what was I supposed to do? You were never here, right? Shade. Roots go in the ground. That's our responsibility. Here's another thing. She calls him an apple tree among all the trees of the forest. If you're going to build a house, do you know what you have never, ever, ever done before in your life? You've never gone down to the lumber yard and said, Do you have any two befores? And they said, Well, of course we do. You said, Do you have any made of apple trees? (laughs) Of course not. Have you seen how big apple trees are? Not incredibly large. But have you ever stood underneath one or hung out just underneath one? I remember when I was little, there was this little orchard just right next door to the church about a block away from my house. And we would go over and we would kind of wander around in this little orchard. We'd pick up all these little apples and there were pears nearby as well. Um, At the base of an apple tree, there was this little tuft of grass underneath there. And I remember walking right up to it, and it wasn't until I got right on top of this little tuft of grass that this mama rabbit goes bouncing out and all the little babies right there in the nest. She found shade. She found protection underneath the apple tree. That's what we do. Not only that, but you know what else is great about it? You've never sat under a pine tree and said, are these pine needles delicious or what? That's never happened. I mean, maybe like Bear Grills or somebody else has done something like that, but not us. Like, that's not a normal, you know? But an apple tree, yes, yes, of course you do. He is pleasant as well. I love to sit in silence and, and not be bothered. As do most men and most people, different times. But there's got to be a time in our life to where we do engage to where the sweetness of who we are and what Christ has done in our hearts drifts over out of our life into those in our family. A sweetness, a playfulness, a can I, funness. Does that work? Something fun, something exciting, something pleasant. That's our responsibility. That's what we do. The other thing is this, that it is refreshing. It is refreshing to be around this man. She says, it is refreshing to find shade with this guy. The fruit is good, the shade is cool, the protection is wonderful, this is a good man. Husbands, if you really wanna screw your life up, go home and ask your wife if, do I provide this same kind of thing for you? Just ask the question and um, accept the answer when it comes back. If it goes over 20 minutes, uh, call me, we'll set up an appointment and... Uh, <laughs> We can we can sit down and we can talk about what we need to do, what we need to do next. Next phrase, verse four. She's still talking and she says, He has taken me to the banquet hall, and his banner over me is love. Okay. If you have an analytical mind and somebody says, Oh, you know what that tree looks like? You may go, what well, a tree? A tree. But if you, if you kind of carry that metaphorical mindset, that creative side, you will begin to see different things. You have to love the metaphor to appreciate the Song of Solomon because it's just written in all metaphor. She takes two absolutely uh, polar opposite or unidentifiable metaphors, pieces, things, and she puts them together, because, but they do not go together naturally. What she says is, he has taken me to the wine cellar, and put a military banner over my head that says love. Well, that's weird and crowded. You know, we're in a wine cellar. But no, it's the metaphor. The word is effervesce. When you drop a Mentos and a Coke, okay? the picture is, or the word, intoxicating. in intoxicating, he has taken me to the place where people are getting sloused, where you drink the wine. Being with him, it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, this line, it says, and this guy's going on, and he's like, a beautiful woman is like, leaves you feeling like you've been drinking Jack and Coke all day. She says, he intoxicates me. Then she pulls a military metaphor out, and she says this, and then he has conquered me. He has won me over. See, military, banner, and love are not like synonymous. You with me? When we move into a country and we overtake it, they typically don't turn around and be like, oh, thank you. (laughs) It doesn't happen. We move into the country. They hate us for the next 25 years or so. Being conquered, military conquest, over the top of somebody does not leave them. It never happened with love, ever, ever. And she says this, being with him makes me feel drunk. And it was like a military conquest, and as he moved into my life, he conquered me with love. See, the phrase to us, we look at and go, okay, that's strange but the metaphor suggests every single thing that a godly marriage should possess. Let's take this to a corny place for just a minute. Our relationships should always hold an element of intoxication in the middle of it. If that is lost where you live, you need to talk about it doesn't need to be with a counselor, with me, with a therapist. You can, but you need to talk to one another and you have to get back to that place of this is intoxicating. He won me over with love, vice versa, both sides. You with me? Women, if you do not feel that way, you need to express that and have that conversation. Men, if you do not feel that way, you need to express that and have that conversation. The military conquest is not moving into the marriage and being like, so I think what we're going to do is do it this way. Well, I don't really know if I... No, it's my way. That is not a banner of love. With me? Yes. Not a banner of love. Now, this is an important phrase. This is an important little idea right here, and we need to hold on to it because we're going to come back to it at the very end. This banner is also called the standard. It is the thing that you would go up to the highest peak of where your land is, and you would put your country's flag at the top of that. That said, to the people nearby, we are protecting you. Do not forget who you are. Do not forget who I am. We will go to war with anybody who wants to come in and push past these boundary markers. That's the military standard, much like us. We hang our banner up because we wanna remember who we are and our responsibilities and our commitment to Jesus Christ. Their military standard is the same. And she says, he won me over. And his military standard, do you know how he conquered me? With acts of love. So good. So good. Now, this won't surprise, this won't surprise the ladies at all. you will be like, I've been trying to say that for a hundred years. But this imbecile, this is what's, that's the conversation about to unfold, all right? When he Conquers her with love. Now listen, there's no, there's no sexual innuendo in the middle of that. All it is, is he came at me and overtook me with just gentleness and kindness. When that happens, watch what happens to this woman. You're going to be like, duh, I already know, all right? She says, strengthen me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am sick with love. In the first part, there was absolutely nothing sexual. In the second part, there is. He did not roll in with a freshly ironed shirt in the smoothest line in a real car and say, hey, babe, and she was just like, oh, I think I wanna hook up. That was not it. He won her with acts of kindness and gentility. And then where did the female mind go then? Of course course, because sexuality happens long, 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 way behind all of the stuff that happens in the mind and the exterior. Man, the majority of us, visual. Seven seconds, you can decide if that's somebody you want to spend time with or not. Ladies, it's almost on the other side. Um, he's funny. He looks like the brawny guy, but... Mm, he just doesn't, he's just not real nice. Whoa. And the guys are on the other side going, she's pretty hot. (laughs) She's she's pretty hot though. And so this lady is saying, "He won me over with love and immediately she goes to raisin cakes. Raisin cakes in the Orient were considered an aphrodisiac. And when she says, I am sick or faint with love, what she's saying is on the verge of passing out, sustain me with apples. The idea was this, the Ark of the Covenant at one point was possessed by Israel, and then it was taken away. When they finally got the Ark of the Covenant back, David went out to everybody in Israel and he gave them raisin cakes. That doesn't sound like a wonderful prize. But here was the insinuation. We obviously need more people. Here's the raisin cakes. Go home. Have your raisin cakes. You with me? Go have raisin cakes. Let's make more people. Let's let this never happen again. This was the idea. She says, sustain me with raisin cakes because this is where I am. Because he was kind. Next phrase. Watch, watch where this goes. His left arm is under my head and his right arm embraces me. Can I ask you a question? just need you just to be honest with me. If I were to say this hand right here is under my head, would you agree? Or would you say it would be behind my head? When would it become under my head? When I'm laying down. Very good. Let's read it again. His left arm is under my head, his right arm embraces me. This relationship has taken a step to the physical. What should a godly relationship, dating, um, courting, whatever, you, whatever your term is, marriage, what should it consist of? It should consist of physical touch on some level. It should consist of feelings of desired intimacy with this. It should come to that. That is a normal thing. I know for years the church has kind of gone around um, the idea of like, no, church people don't touch, yet church people just keep having babies. And then, like, church people, like, and we try to just kind of get away from it and, 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 like, don't touch it, don't bother it. But, like, that is not real. Like, everybody agrees, right? That's not real. So we need to at least address. What should a godly relationship look like? Did you think God's embarrassed by Oh, art? Did you see what they're doing? Kidding me? Put your fig leaves on. No, that's not, what, that's not what was going on. He made it. So if he created desire, he created passion, if he created all the feelings that come with love, then don't you think he would have something to say about it as well? He did. Song of Solomon. This relationship has gone to a physical place. Watch what she does next. Verse 7. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Do you see her put on the brakes? Let me just be not coarse, but open for just one minute. This is like a mad makeout session. With me? And she stops and says, we better stop here. We better stop right here. Well, of course, it's not fantastic news. It's not a feeling that she has, but it's a standard in her life that she lives by. I'll tell you a couple of things that I know about premarital sex, young people, single people. Here's what I know about premarital sex. Just you can see this in the pattern. It comes from a guy named Tommy Nelson. He points out premarital sex will always lengthen a bad relationship and it will shorten a good one it's very similar to a fireplace ah i love sitting near a fireplace love it in the winter it's crackling so awesome the smell kind of just wafts out into the family room you could it's so nice it's so cool but if you were to take that same fire and move it over into the recliner it's a completely different animal you see there are things that can hold fire and there are things that cannot hold fire the instability of a new romance cannot cannot house the passion and the desire that comes with the sexual relationship Inevitably, can it work? Well, y- y- yeah, I mean, it does. It does all the time. But inevitably, there will be issues that come up that you will face prematurely and not be strengthened for those occasions when we engulf, when we take part in premarital sex. So why do I tell you this? Because half of you are looking at me like, well, now you tell me, like that. Here's the reason I... Because there are children in our homes. And we can teach this. Yeah, but I messed it up already. Is that, can I still teach it even if I messed it up? Especially if you messed it up? Agree. I mean, if you've ever had a fender bender in your car, let's just say you're playing Pokemon Go in the Walmart parking lot. And you're doing your best to try to pay attention but you just, I'm gonna get this last one and then I'm gonna go get the milk. So, you're—you and you bump into somebody in your car. Let's say you've got driving age children in your home. You teach, do not use your phone while you're driving. If you've ever burned yourself while cooking, don't you tell that story when you're teaching another young one to cook? Be careful. They're very, very hot. You can burn yourself. See this scar? Happened to me when I was nine. Yet when it comes to this, we pretend like, oh, we nailed it, knocked it out of the park on the first try. We did everything right. Just go on to, you screwed it up. How'd you do that? No, it does not work. We look at our children and we say, botched this one big. Botched it big. But there's a better way to do it. I didn't do it this way but there's a better way to do it i wasn't aware there's a way to do it but i know now so i'm telling you of course we can do that she puts on the brakes in the relationship notice what solomon does not do notice what solomon does not do come on but i love you but we're gonna get married you don't no no it's not there nothing silence solomon says gotcha you. gotcha you. next line Every single time this woman has some sort of experience with Solomon, her response on the other side is always this overwhelming, he is such a great guy. He keeps winning her heart over and over and over. And she'll throw something out there and be like, nope, not until we get married. And Solomon overcomes it. He's fine. That's okay. Love you. Respect you. And then watch what happens. Verse 8, listen, she says, look, my lover, look here he comes leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My lover is like a gazelle or a young stag. Translation is stud. That's the translation, This man is, it sounds, I mean, it's, it sounds a, a little strange. Look, here he comes leaping across the mountains. This is, this is Superman language. You with me? overcoming all these things these mountain of things that are between us there's no way any other man in the world would be able to hang with me through my crazy family and he did stepped right over the top of the mountain like it was no big deal he's the winner you know he is okay there he stands behind our wall gazing through the windows peering through the lattice it sounds stalkerish but it's not okay He stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My lover spoke to me, and he said, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear. Season of singing has come. You can hear the cooing of doves. It formed its early fruit. Blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one. Come away with me. What season are we in? Spring." Early romance is always in spring, isn't it? I don't mean the season, but it's just like, we're crazy about each other. Like, it's always spring. Here's what we know, though. It doesn't always stay in spring, does it? People sometimes roll up the water hose wrong. They just do, you know? <laughs> and some people don't let it go, you know? Sometimes we do things we don't forgot to do it, meant to do it. Sorry about that. And it doesn't stay in spring. You start seeing the the gray skies coming, the little chill on her shoulder and in the air, and you can just feel winter moving in to the relationship. This is gonna be rough. Our goal is spring. Listen, if you are in a if you are in a season right now that is anything other than spring it's hot it's desolate I hate her. Uh, if you were in any other any other season than spring can, can I just give you just a word of encouragement for just a second that's normal that's normal like I don't know who maybe daddy maybe daddy spent a little too much time telling princess everything is going to be good and beautiful and wonderful but I got some bad news for you toots you married a man <laughs> winter's coming you know that's just what it is. I mean, that's just what it is. And guys, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if you're in your mind, like, I thought this was supposed to be easier. Your mom and dad didn't do a good job, all right? It didn't do a good job. You Married a woman, you know? This is what it is. It's called, it's called life, and we have to learn how to maneuver through it. It takes us back to the New Testament where it begins to talk about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is like. And it likens the Holy Spirit to a lot of things, but specifically, one of them is this, the wind. And it comes in, and it blows across the water, and you don't know where it's coming, you don't know where it's going. Who knows what it's doing next? Our relationship with Jesus Christ is very much the same way, to where he will lead us down certain paths, and then he will lead us down other paths. And then some travesty unfolds in our life, and we think, Where is God? We're right beside you. But He's the one in charge, not us. God is in charge of our marriages as well, and He will walk us down some dark roads at times. It will not be beautiful all the time, but God will be faithful. And you don't have to react to every mean thing she says. You know what I mean? You don't have to. You don't have to react to every single ridiculous move this moron makes, okay? But you do have to respond as Christ responded to us. Christ responded to us by looking at us and seeing us while we were still sinners and laying his life down on a cross. One more little part. One more little part. Verse 14, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that run the vineyard, our vineyards that are in blue. It's not going to stay in spring, and we know that, and it obviously doesn't stay in spring for solomon and the shulamite something has happened and now there is a split between the two it's not a happy situation how do you know that well because she's talking about spring and then he starts talking about catching foxes obviously no okay it's a metaphor all right so let me let me get you there he says my dove in the cleft of the rock do you know where he's standing right now against the bathroom door because she's locked on the other side crying that's what's going on this is the picture Babe, come out, please. We need to talk about this. No, I'm going to my mother's. This is the conversation that's happening, okay? Show me your face. Men, listen to this. Listen to this. I'm about to screw up your world, all right? Men, listen to this. He requests FaceTime with me. Babe, I need to see you face to face. Babe, look at me. We need to talk this out. Babe, look at my face. We need to have a conversation. Do you see this? The man is initiating the resolution to the fight. Is that the way it goes at your house? The man, the man seeks the resolution. Babe, we can't let this thing just stay undone. We got to put it back together. The man does it. Watch how he does it. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet. Your face is lovely. Ladies, are you coming out of the bathroom? Yes or no? absolutely. Why? Because he's a charmer. (laughs) Of course I'm coming out. It's safe now. He's not standing there with like, you know, you know, yeah, of course I'm coming out. He wants to see my face. He wants to hear my voice. I'm important. Of course I'm coming out. Listen to what else he says. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard, the vineyard that is in bloom. Relationship now becomes the vineyard. The foxes become the problem. Here's what happened. They would go out and they would build these big vineyards so they would have this wonderful wine. And these foxes would come through when everything would dry up, and the only place you could find water was in the little bitty blossoms on the ends of these vines. And so these foxes would come in there in the middle of the night, and they would chew the blossoms off of all the all the all the uh, grapevines in the vineyard. And when they would go to harvest the grapes, there weren't any, which meant there was no wine, which meant there was no intoxication, which meant that there was no joy and there was no celebration and there was no feasting. How many foxes do you need to catch in your own marriage right now so that there can be celebration and intoxication again? Avoid them all you want. Here's the bad news. No celebration. Don't let it stay undone. Solomon says, we got to catch these foxes. If we don't catch these foxes, It's going to ruin the entire relationship. We have to catch the foxes. The picture of the banner over the top of us that is love is a picture of a place called Calvary where God took his standard, his banner, and he buried it in the ground in the form of a cross. With Jesus Christ on it,